Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Why Do I Care? I'm your host, Toby Favalora, and today we'll be talking about the midterms, and this is going to be a longer, very much more in-depth episode that I've been promising for months now. So without further ado, let's get right to it. So, like I said at the start, this is the episode I have been teasing and promising for months now, and this is definitely going to be the one-stop shop for all the midterm information that you need to know, but it is going to be longer. Why is it going to be longer? Well, because all the House races are for re-election. One-third of... Of, of the Senate is up for re-election, and there's a whole bunch of governor races that are up for re-election. So what we're going to do this episode is we're going to talk about what what are the midterms and why do you care? Um, we're going to talk about the midterms historically and what does that mean for Joe Biden and the Democrats and what does it mean for the for Republicans and all that stuff. And finally, we are going to be discussing what the polls look like and what the statistics all are all. All according to 538 and Nate Silver. I'm going to talk about that a bit, a little bit later. Before we, we go off on anything, we're just going to get started. We're just going to dive right in. So what are the midterm elections? So the midterms, they're called, let's break it down, midterms. Well, mid, because it happens in the middle of a presidential term. You see? Because... Yeah, middle. So who is running? So like I said before, most of Congress. So every two years, every single seat in the House of Representatives is up for election because representatives get elected every two years. And the Senate, that means a third of the seats are up because they have a six-year term. So many states have their elections on this schedule. So that means that 36 governors and other things are up for election. Also, ballot initiative in order to change state policy, especially on abortion, that's going to be a big one. So when are the midterm elections? So election day is November 8th, 2022. And if you're if you're registered to vote, depending on where you live, you can vote for whoever's on the ballot, you can vote. So depending on where you live, there are different rules for when you can when 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 you have to be registered by so for some of them like the most um restrictive is you would have have to had like in alaska you would have had to have been signed up registered to vote on october 9th where i live massachusetts october 29th so that's like what, like a week or so away but there's a whole bunch where you can you can do same day registration and that's that's something that i would love to see more of the country get into because the least like the less barriers that there are to being able to vote and to participate in democracy that, that it's 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 better for our republic and it makes everything a whole lot stronger so now for more of the political nitty-gritty could democrats lose control of congress like i said before yes and it is a very large possibility we're going to touch on this a little bit more um in the next section but usually they are a referendum on the the party in power right so this is like how how how, how did the people of america think that joe biden and the democratic controlled congress do okay that seems fair enough so like i said 
there's all three different things are up. So what does the battle for that house looks like? So the Republicans only need to flip five Democratic seats to retake the house. And historically, this is very, very possible. Like the un unpopularity level of Joe Biden, like you could see the house is so many seats. It's it's like it's hundreds, hundreds of seats. So you it's 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 very possible that you see 12 seats change that like most of the time you you see them change also redistricting happens so every 10 years states must redraw their congressional and state legislative districts based on the data from the new u.s census so it's supposed to be about like how population change and shift but it's politics so you know politicians they they use it to to the gerrymander so what is gerrymandering? Gerrymandering is essentially you draw the, the you see how people vote and you draw the the lines, you draw the districts in such a way that you're, you you gain seats. You do the math. You can figure it out. So this could be you you shove all the Democrats into like this one crazy looking thing and then they only get one seat and you can take all the other ones in the state or you just you 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 make sure you have the majority in every single one so Repu republicans they are more aggressive with gerrymandering the democrats but it, it, it's it's still happening right like democrats still do it democrats they did a very um aggressive job of it in new york this time around i personally think gerrymandering should not be part of the political process i know many others agree the Republicans are doing it. The Democrats are doing it. And I, 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 it should be frowned upon because democracy should be about just people voting and being able to vote, not people using their power to make it so that they always win. Now, what does the Senate like? So for the Senate, it, it it's 50, 50 tie right now. So Republicans only need one. And like we talked about, last episode there are three that are most likely going to decide that and that's going to be nevada and pennsylvania and arizona so some of the most competitive ones um are ones that voted by in 2020 but and and republicans they did nominate probably some of the most extreme candidates that they could have but it's still it's still very close so what could, what would happen if democrats lose control of congress so what would they do Basically, what they would do is just like throw a wrench in the plan of the Biden agenda. They would do everything they can to stop, um, stop Biden's agenda, and they also they threatened to retaliate against the Democrats for investigating January six. If that's not a red flag for how the country's doing, that that should be a very big red sign that Republicans are maybe not the best party to elect because they're you know, okay. Anyways. So they're also going to investigate Hunter Biden's laptop. They said that's been a whole thing, um, stuff like that. Um, House Republicans, they have a plan. They're going to spend more money on border security. They're going to take away money from the IRS, and they are probably going to put more money into just oil, gas. And if they win the Senate, there hasn't been a solid policy agenda. Mitch McConnell says he's going to wait, but it's probably going to be things about social security medicare medicaid all of those republican things so if the democrats keep control what could happen like i said this is going to be definitely a longer episode because this is a very important part this is this is going to be like your all-in-one toolkit i suppose so what would happen if democrats keep control so 
what what they what are their priorities? It could be limiting what President Trump could could do. So that would be um just harder for him to to attempt a coup next uh 2024 because it's looking like he's gonna run. Um if if they Democrats get the majority up to 52, then they are able to codify Roe. They are able to same-sex marriage. They can gun control, voting rights, all these democratic real policy things. Finally, governor, state legislators. These are arguably more important than Congress. I've talked about this before because it's really all the small things are decided in the state. So what the, um, the Dobbs decision said, it did not say that abortion is illegal. It said that Roe v. Wade is overturned and such it is decided to the states. It's up to the states to decide. So what does this mean? It gives the states even more power to decide these, which you can argue is a good thing. State versus federal power, that has been an argument since like the foundation of our country. So this is very much not a new thing, but just abortion, democracy, voting rights, gerrymandering, gun control, all these fundamental things that are being debated so aggressively in Washington, what they really go down to is what's going to happen at the state level. So some of the, the big races for um, governor are happening in presidential battle gun states. So um, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, all that stuff. And then what, what, what also matters is state legislatures because they they really they've been dominating these for like a decade because they they had a strategist who said you know what these are really important democrats kind of overlooked that so um they're trying to take control colorado nevada maine um and democrats they're just paying playing a lot of uh defense so before we jump into the story thing we're going to talk about what are the top issues so the top issues are in order Economy, abortion, inflation, education, immigration, climate change, crime, in that order. You can see, um, for the, if, I, if I was a Republican strategist, I would say um, keeping it about the economy, keeping it about crime, keeping it about immigration and inflation, that would be my biggest, that would be something I would enjoy. And if I was a Democrat, I would really, really run hard on abortion because that is that that's a real that's a surefire way to get people fired up and that's it's very um that's kind of you saw that that's a way abortion climate change those are the things that democrat voters are very very passionate about and for democrats it's very important that um you get out voters because for republicans what their, their strategy recently has kind of been it's been they've been trying to win the swing sw like the, the the voters that kind of change election election democrats they can win if they just get voters out to vote so we're gonna have a quick ad break so i can have some water and i can catch my breath but we're gonna be right back we're gonna talk about historically and then we're gonna talk about polls so um yeah be right back welcome back from that little ad break like i said Numerous times throughout the episode, this is a very long episode, longer than almost all my other episodes. So I do need to stay hydrated because it's important. Speaking of importance, let's talk about history. That was an awful transition, and I apologize. Anyways, looking at like what is what has happened in recent history we can go back we can see this but let's say early 2000 right let's say since the year 2000 to 2018 right that's one two three four five different midterm elections let's see what happens so 
in all of those years, except for one, the the party in power had has lost seats, right? They they have lost seats. The only time that they didn't lose seats was George W. Bush in the immediate aftermath of the two uh, of nine the nine eleven attacks. So what does this mean? It means that historically, it's very very likely that you're going to lose seats in power, right? George W. Bush, two thousand six, he lost thirty two in the House. Barack Obama, oh and, uh, and six in the Senate. Barack Obama. 2010, 63 in the House, 6 in the Senate. Barack Obama, 2014, 13 in the House, 9 in the Senate. Donald Trump, 40 in the House. So historically, and I can, we can, you can go back far, farther, right? So um, Bill Clinton, he, uh, there was one year that he won four in the House. But besides that, in um, the 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 Bush aftermath, you have to go all the way back to 1934 with FDR in which you would see a party not significantly losing seats in the house. And the house is a better indicator of how the, the American public is feeling because they're up, the, like the entire house is up for election and the Senate. Um, it's, it's different. Like um, it, it's, it's a bit more common. It's happens like two more times. Uh, JFK, Richard Nixon. Those are the only two. So since, since, 1938 well okay so 1934 was the last midterm election besides the immediate aftermath of 9-11 and a very um strong bill clinton year that that the party in power didn't lose seats so historically it is very 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 likely that the the um the house is going to switch parties so this is why we're going to switch to the polls so like i said numerous times before on the podcast and if you are plugged into the democratic kind of media universe you will know that the polls they're the poll you know so everyone gets 2016 flashbacks talking about the polls when hillary clinton was strongly favored to win and then all of a sudden donald trump came out of nowhere and won so the polls they have been skewed 2022 but what does this mean? It means that in 2018, the polls, they did do better than presidential years. And without Trump on the ballot, hopefully there could be a bit more return to nor- normality, normalcy. I think that's the right word. So according to 538, people that don't know 538, Nate Silver, it's a, um, I don't know how to describe it. It's a website and it's, um, it's probably one of the most reliable when it comes to polling. They do a bunch of averages. They do a bunch of statistics, do all of that stuff. So we're going to talk about the Senate. We're going to talk about the house. We're going to talk about the governors. But before we do that, we are going to talk about who will win control of Congress. So the odds of Republicans winning both chambers, it's around 33%. It's 32 and hundred. So that's about one third. Republicans winning the Senate, Democrats winning the House, that's less than a 1% chance. Democrats win the House, Republicans... Oh, Democrats win the Senate, Republicans win the House, that's around 38%, and Democrats win both chambers, that's around 29%. So as you can see, it it, it, it can go... Met, like it, It's very possible that Democrats hold control, it's very possible that Republicans hold control, it's very possible that they split control. It's very possible. So we're going to break it down. We're going to start with the House because, like I said, all House seats are up. So Republicans have a 70% chance to win the House. Democrats have a 30% chance to win the House. And 
it, it's pretty close. So what we see is that mo, mo you can you can it's very likely that the Republicans are going to win. Like I said, there was this gerrymandering effort on both sides where the Republicans did do a better job. So Republicans, they they um for the seats after all is said and all is done, after all the seats that are um going likely to to lean or uh lean Republican after all that, they they really only need like six. They only need to win five. So it's very it's very close. And um it's harder to play defense than it is to play offense, right? And so how is it so it's changed because it started off with it was like a sure like June first, it was like a sure thing that they were going to um Republicans are going to win the House. It was like a, an 86%, and that's about as sure as you can get in politics. But it's been getting closer. It's now 68% chance. And even so, it's going to be very, very close. It's expected that they are only going to have 15 more seats. While that is not a lot, that that that's very um that's that's a that's that's a pretty significant amount in what what could happen. So in the 50 most competitive races, um, it's very, very close um it's likely in va2 that the de- uh the democrat incumbent's gonna lose same in arizona too but those are very very close and as you go down the list we can see that um the the amount the 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 odds of flipping seats democrats are really not gonna flip as many seats as republicans are going to make and it's it's getting really really close some of the closest races like the the most toss up, like Texas fifteenth, for example. That's it's very close. It's like, like a, it's gonna be it's gonna be like a point three percent difference in whoever wins. Same with uh, just like, you know, California twenty second, California twenty seventh, Iowa third. That's gonna be a toss up. Um, Republicans is able to win by well math point six percent. All these very New Mexico seconds. Um, less of a toss-up, but it's still very much a toss-up. It's like a 1% change. So all of these are very, very close races. So what does what does that mean? So like I said before, it means that Republicans, they are more likely to win. They are 70% chance, according to 538, that they're going to win the House, 30% chance that Democrats are going to win the House. So switching over to the Senate, the Senate is, um, I guess, considered the more important no that uh, uh uh senate it's the senate democrats they are expected to keep control 67 percent chance and the reason that they are expected to keep control is because there is a good um because if it's a 50 50 tie the tiebreaker would be kamala harris and they have kamala harris on their side so what does that mean it means that they re- they only they only they have to keep their seats and that that is more possible than it seems un, impossible. So the majority de- Republicans need fifty one. Democrats only need fifty for the majority. And some of the closest races there's Georgia with Raphael Warnock against Herschel Walker. Warnock is expected to win that, but there's never an easy race. Same with Pennsylvania. This was last week's episode. John Fetterman he is expected to win, but. Then again, never an easy race. And Catherine Cortez Mastro from Nevada. That is a very, very, very close race. It's going to be, as of now, it's going to be like a 0.1% difference. It's going to be very close. So 
how how has it changed? Well, there was a, a time before I think like the Dobbs decision was released in which Republicans were expected to control the Senate. But ever since then, Democrats have kind of taken control. And as of now, Democrats are supposed to get around 51 seats to the Republican 49. And that is assuming they win all three seats. So it, it's it's very possible that that Republicans win and Democrats win. This is a very close race in the Senate and very close race in the House. So for Cortez Mastro, like I said, Nevada, it's very close. Um, the margin of victory, it's it's not going to be far. It's not going to be, according to 530, it's like a 51% chance she holds in for an incumbent. That is not great. That's really not great. But um, it's races like this in which you really see how how polarized i guess america can be because if you scroll down to like i don't know pick pick a state like new york chuck schumer he's basically guaranteed to win it but as you go to some more polarized states like nevada georgia wisconsin north carolina ohio with jd vance he has a 70 percent chance to win and in fetterman has a 72 percent chance to win so these it really depends state to state but what i what what matters is that it's it's really a coin flip and it's up to the voters. It's up to the voters and it's up to the volunteers. Now for governorship, the last one before I talk about the why do I care segment. There's 36 governorships up for election. The three closest ones, that's going to be Arizona. That's a very, very important one because they tried to overturn the election 2020 and you need a, a Democrat who can say, no, I'm not overturning the election. Nevada, same thing. Um, you you just and um Oregon less less important but it is still very close because there is a uh, third party candidate that is making everything much closer there are some uh Massachusetts where i live there it is it is pretty much going to be a solid democrat victory it's going to switch because charlie baker who is a uh, i don't he he is one of the more popular republicans in just um, the american public i was i don't know he's not running for re-election so that's happening so the closest ones it's it's 50 50 but the arizona one that's the one they should pay paying most attention to because it's katie hobbs against carrie lake and carrie lake like i said she is um she she's more than willing to overturn the election so why does this matter so why do you care? Why should you care about the midterms? Like I said, you should care because it will dictate just like the the what what laws get passed federally, what laws get passed locally, what are the state policy decisions. This can decide abortion. This can decide. There's ballot measures. It's an election, so a lot of things are up for decision. So how do you get involved? I don't think I can stress this enough. Please, please, please. Get involved. Go to Vote Save America. Sign up for Midterm Madness. I'll be sending out emails closer to the election. We all need to come together. We need to create real change because America is in our hands and we have the power to change it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day.